Heidi ho ladies and gents, and welcome to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. radio program by Fantastic Geek. We are the official, unofficial voice of the marvelous Marvel film and television community. My name is Matt, and joining me once again is the man who says, How's it going, Governor?" to old FDR himself, it's Pete. What's buzzing, cousin? Hey, we're not ankle pikers. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. radio program by Fantastic Geek for episode 702, Know Your Onions. It's brought to you by Simmons Surgical Masks, because protecting yourselves and others is the cat's pajamas. Pete, so glad to be talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week and Oasis in our crazy world. Uh, this an episode that had certainly a hearty uh, lead in by uh, ABC, coincidentally airing up with Disney Plus commercials. Uh, the Shield ratings though down a little bit, but you know, no big deal, and uh, feeling good in that in that area. Impervious again to what the numbers come back with. So enjoy it, watch it, but you don't have the added pressure of having to pull people in, of having to live tweet. Etc. Etc. And let's take a moment here to just kind of look back in the last week. What we do on our podcasts is to talk about storytelling. You and I are both trained, not just in this as a hobby, but through academics and vocation to expertly talk about storytelling. This last remarkable week was a humbling opportunity to better listen to the stories of others, to better learn about the path others have been on. And to better understand what it means to state something that I think you and I have always felt that black lives matter. It's important and, you know, much more important than a TV show, than a podcast. So we took the time out to do that. And uh, now we're back to uh, talk about your favorite TV show. Well, we'll catch you up on what went down. Police sirens wail in the distance as Freddie Malik tells Mac and Deke to burn rubber. Mac gives them the slip by killing the lights and turning down a side street. So long, coppers. Time to deliver the goods. Freddie offers them a change of clothing. Deke walkies the team, which arouses Freddie's interest. Mac wants Freddy to be honest with them over what they're delivering. But these ain't your average ankle pikas. The thing Deke is using, it's like a telephone, but it ain't hooked up. Side note question, Pete. Did I mean I know radios in homes existed? I feel like the I feel like the show maybe was leaning a little into time disparity a little bit. Deke just could have been like, it's a small radio that goes two, that, that goes both ways. You know, you can talk into and hear from. But I digress. Freddie is ready to deliver the highest proof giggle juice ever. Uh, and all of this as we see him slipping that hydro vial into one of those bottles. We hit the noir-esque title card for Marvel Presents Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then join Agent May... Mid flashback, writhing hands in the spirit world. Yes, I think the show, as always, cognizant that for them it was, you know, perhaps uh, a a holiday break ago that they did the last episode or did did episode six thirteen. Uh, for us, though, closer to a year, so you kind of get that in story flashback. Then May waking up on Zephyr One in the healing tube. Story moves back to Koenig's bar where uh, Coulson and Daisy are trying to staunch the bleeding of the woman in red. Uh, Viola, is... we get the name in um, in captions this week. Viola wearing red. Choose a color. Uh, Koenig is about to turn more guests away, but it's Simmons and Yo-Yo at the door. Uh, Simmons takes out the bullet. Pete wearing the mask, as you noted, and Coulson reminds everyone of the mission of the week, save Malik, even if that means a world with Hydra. Uh, the Chronicoms know how it ends with Malik dead, so any option with him remaining alive must be better, and it's time for those agents to fall back. Coulson calls Enoch on Zephyr 1 to tell them they are coming back, also finding out that May is up and quite active well ahead of schedule simmons tells 
Enoch to sedate her and put her back in the healing pod. She does not seem to be in the mood to take orders. Indeed, she's doing pull-ups. She's properly introduced to Enoch, best friend of Leopold Fitz. Uh, She's not going to be sedated, though. She puts that sedation needle into Enoch, who gives her a (coughs) cough. Uh, Again, not enough can be said about Joel Stoffer, an actor, somebody who portrays emotions, being asked to not portray emotions, but to still portray emotions. And it's just a wonderful performance, comedic, dramatic uh, fight, whatever it might be. Um, They continue with some expositional recap. Uh, We get the season six update with uh, May's death, and she gets told she's in 1931, and uh, she also replies that she is hungry. And she had also died momentarily. Uh, Seeking the food there after finding out she's in the year 1931, we flip to Mac and Deke, who are helping Freddy unload the goods so he can board a train for the meetup with some guy 500 miles away. He don't need no bodyguards, but they got to make sure that he delivers. Yeah, he's going to catch that train in Famouche. Uh, Deke notes that uh, these cops, of course we know they are the Chronicoms, aren't the type to give up without getting their man. We cut to Coulson and company. Bang, bang at the door. The coppers, I think, are here, and there's no way out. Moment of tension to an act break. These chronic cops checking out Koenig's very legitimate, illegitimate business, of which he's all caught up with his donations to the Boys in Blue. They ask about the last time he saw Freddy a couple days ago when he started hanging out with a bunch of Canadian Mounties. Uh, They kick in and inspect his office where the agents are hiding behind a painting. Viola wakes and they muffle her but not before she knocks over a bottle, which Yo-Yo slows down to look at, but does not grab. And it falls to the floor, drawing their attention again, until the word comes that they found the getaway car and they leave. I love that this scene gives Koenig the opportunity to spot the extracted bullet still there in the uh, in the the shot glass, and he downs it in order to hide the uh, the evidence. I also like the fact that in this illicit bar in his office, presumably behind a locked door, there is behind that the hidden rumpus room. Uh, just I don't know, really leaning into you know 1930s prohibition, all of that speakeasies, the whole the whole aesthetic of it. And uh, as you say, Pete, the, I guess, uh, not shocking, earth-shattering, but the surprising turn there that Yo-Yo's powers seem to be amiss. This after last week, Pete, uh, it was said, oh, the, the Shrike metal has uh, has uh, disintegrated in your blood, which at the time it was like, and therefore season six has been wiped away, or season six worries are not our worries Phew. this season. <laughs> right? <laughs> Turns out one can assume it was just set up for, oh no, now the powers aren't here. And narratively, what does that mean? Oh no, Yo-Yo can't save every problem every time. They have kryptonited Superman. Daisy questions Viola about Malik as Simmons leafs through her passport and sees she's been to Germany six times in the last year. She also sees something on her shoe, which she uses a knife to remove. It's green. Okay, now she needs alcohol, at least 90 proof or better. Hey, Koenig likes the way... This bird thinks uh, she's a biochemist, Koenig, not a bird. Uh, She also needs salt, cork, and something made with silver as she lights a match. Uh, Zephyr One takes a call from Daisy. Enoch is having trouble updating the radios. Uh, May overhears that Malik is around and promptly vanishes. Pete, this is your standard Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Many irons in the fire, cutting from one, maybe not quite cross-cut, but a little step in there. We go back to the train. Freddy, Deke, and Mac, they're riding the rails. Uh, Malik is taken by the existence of that wireless radio. Again, still a little confused as to how shocking that would be, but it it shocks him. Uh, Freddy says, I was never good in school, but I made friends. How does he do that? He gives people what he uh what they want pete he's like a little deke 
and uh, whatever he's doing, it's not like it's going to change the world. But he's got dreams here. It's more than just booze he's running, uh, perhaps changing the world. Back at the speakeasy, Simmons has made a rough chemistry set here. She really knows the runions, Koenig notes. Uh, Daisy uses the interlude here to ask Yo-Yo why she didn't stop the bottle from falling. She first sidesteps the question that she didn't see it. Daisy, little bit of a hand of the writer here, but I watched you stare at it. Yo-Yo admits she froze. Perhaps it's what's left over of the Shrike that has messed her up. Meanwhile, Simmons has ascertained the compound that she found was synthesized in World War II, you know, the one that hasn't happened yet, by German scientist Abraham Erskine and first used by Johann Schmidt, you know, the Red Skull. And Freddy is about to deliver the key ingredient used to create this super soldier serum. Marvel television will not be not connected. Thank you very much. Hashtag it's all connected. Uh, we get an act break and then back to Mac and Deke who are checking the bottles. It's definitely alcohol. Uh, Freddie awakens upset that they're going through his, uh, through his supply there. Enoch is almost breaking through the static on that radio and, uh, we have May Blackclad arriving. She's ready to attack, and he's unsure if she's ready. I think we're unsure. Pete, a slightly different kind of May here. Not just in her 21st century attire, but she's not asking for permission. Enoch is not allowed to tell where they are. Cut back to Koenig, Red Skull, Super Soldier, all sounds like something out of those marvelous funny pages. I see what they did there. Uh, there is this question, though, that can't they just stop Red Skull and Hydra and all of that? Coulson makes the call. No, they cannot. Uh, but, of course, he doesn't make those calls anymore. There's disagreement, but Koenig susses out that they need to go to Hell's Harbor. If only they could get there faster than a train, maybe a plane. Pete, I don't know if they're trying to evoke... The distinguished competi competition here, you know, are, are we going to leap tall buildings in a single bound next? I don't know. But uh, we cut to the Chronicops discovering Mac's car, you know, the one stopped at the railroad tracks. They know that Malik is on the train. If they can get to him, then the show answering a, a question, are we going back to the future two rules, back to the future one rules? It'll be agents out of time. So I think the idea there that if the Chronicops are successful either now or in another time period, that uh, we're not going to have the agents uh, disappear back to the future style, but it'll, it'll just be no opportunity for the next jump to be the jump home. Yes, they need to let him do the job. Um, back on Zephyr 1 here, Matt, we get the May Enoch throwdown we never knew we needed. It. It is such a great fight. It's bare knuckle. Uh, I would say it is difficult to always know when it is a stunt double and when it is an actor. Mm -hmm. And that's true for, for both performers there. Uh, I would even go so far as to say, I think Joel Stoffer is taking, you know, pulled punches or missed punches, you know, however they're doing it stunt wise. I think that we're seeing real Joel Stoffer, you know, oh, face this way, oh, head that way, that kind of thing. And it's just, uh, it, it's a really solid fight culminating in him getting his head bashed in by a fire extinguisher and obviously the uh, computerized bits underneath as Coulson comes up the ramp there shouting May to interrupt the fight and the killing blow. Perhaps concurrent to this Pete back on the train, Mac wants to see uh, to see into the bottles uh, but backs down, or not, telling Freddy to step aside. He and Deke, Pete, rookie move here out of two agents. They turn their backs to Freddy, both of them. You mentioned Hand of the Writer before. This is the most Hand of the Writer moment in my view. 
whether you're a trained agent, whether you have kept track of where the handgun is or whatever, two guys are not going to turn their backs 180 degrees because the back would be toward the person, not going to look completely away from the person who told you, no, don't do that thing over there. Uh, But they do anyway. Freddy pulls a gun on them and uh, he just wants uh, to do his job so that he can go home. After the act break here, May back in the healing pod, Daisy reacts how she wasn't even phased when she saw Coulson. Simmons notes that she was able to sedate her without any resistance. And Enoch says that Agent May is clearly malfunctioning. Hmm. Mystery, mystery. Koenig brought on board with a mask is unmasked. Uh, and it's a rocket ship. That's a robot. They're all Martians. Pete, my only complaint in this scene, uh, he should have said robot and not robot because that's how they said it back then. But honestly, they're giving Pat Oswalt so much old timey talk that if this was like, if this was going to be the star that broke the camel's back for whatever reason, eh, so be it. Colson asks that he kindly take them to hell. As the cloaked Zephyr One lifts off at dawn, not a ton for Mark Kolpak's effects team at this point, but you know, boy, when they get it, they're still able to make it shine. Hundred uh, percent. We go back to the train where Freddie says that he's dedicated to helping those who were helping him. Uh, the train stops. Mac uses that opportunity to jump onto Freddie. Deke has the gun. They've arrived. Uh, we go back to Zephyr 1. They're landing in 5. And Koenig doesn't believe it, uh, though he's told that these guys are from the 21st century and from S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, kind of an information overload there. Uh, but the timer goes off, or a new timer, rather. Time wave in 16 minutes and counting. Uh, they contact Deke and get updated. And uh, Pete, Deke, now being given a decision from Daisy. The old story clock rearing its head, Matt. Simmons tells us that it could be 24 hours or 24 minutes or 24 weeks, despite the fact that it's 17 minutes. So <laughs> not quite sure why we settled in on the number 24 there. Was it 17? Did they not get the seven-minute heads up? Who knows exactly these time-tied window rules. Well, wait, I, uh, I, I, I suspect maybe it's because they want to make it clear it's not tied. They want to. They they wanted to be able to say twenty four hours. So you go, oh, it could be a day, and then they want to say twenty four weeks. So you could say, oh, like a whole bunch of like months and stuff, or twenty four minutes. So you could say, wow, that's like the sixteen minutes we were given. So I think that's the show really saying, hey, from here on out, as long as we're riding time waves, uh, if we choose to be like, and we're caught in nineteen sixty two for six months. Whether it's six months that happen in 30 minutes of showtime or six months that happen over four episodes, it's kind of like, be aware, it could be a little time, it could be a tomorrow time, or it could be, you know, chunks and chunks and chunks of time. I just feel like they could have said, it could pop up at any minute and last for any amount of time. Well, uh, if only, if only, Pete. Colson tells Daisy to reach out to Mac and Deke as they're within range here. Uh, you noted before the shot that Daisy tells Deke to take, giving the rogue instruction here. Can't pass it up. He's going to become a major major player in Hydra. You know Hydra, Deke. Okay. Uh, but he and the kid have a lot in common. 14 plus minutes left as we head into an act break. Certainly the question here of acting proactively or judging somebody on their actions, uh, one that was in in my mind as, as the episode was unfolding. After the act break, Mac finally finds that vial and snags it. Uh, Mac is told that this is actually Wilfred Malik. They name drop Hydra, and that's why Deke is being asked to pull the, the trigger. However, Mac says that he, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., has given no such order. Deke hesitates and lowers the gun. However, Pete, just in case you thought things were calming down, look, the Chronicops have arrived. 
our agents gear up aboard Zephyr One. Yo-Yo wants to go, but Daisy tells her to stay on the ship, kind of covering up her issue with her abilities right now. Coulson says the mission has changed to that of extraction. And Enoch says he will go because he is the best chance against other chronicoms. Shootout ensues. Mac ambushes one of the chronicops. Freddy grabs the green vial off the ground. And our agents drive by. Die, coppers! Uh, yes, Colson rolling on up, firing there with his Tommy gun. Koenig with them as well. Uh, the plasma rifle that Mac stole uh, appears not to work. You know, maybe you got your fingerprint lock or whatever, but Mac beats a Chronicop down anyway. Uh, the gunfight continues, but hey, where's Freddy? And also, tick-tock, tick-tock, three and a half minutes until time jump. Elsewhere, uh, Freddy is loading things up and Koenig finds him. Don't do it, son. You're better than this. Uh, Koenig on the side of the right. Freddy wants uh, to stand up to things, though. Koenig admits he's not going to, uh, to be shot by him. Uh, and then he is in the shoulder. But Pete, it's one shot in the shoulder. TV code for it's okay. And uh, Freddy saunters off to the waiting car, exiting our screens, a date with destiny. He just stepped off a building. Our chronic hops note that they have failed. Hydra will rise and shield in response. Uh, Abel says they need to eliminate those that are there. However, Dole says there will be another time and the window is closing. Uh, indeed, time for all our goodies to run back. Uh, Koenig is bleeding and Enoch finds him. He reports that Freddy made the delivery. Time restored. But run home, Enoch. Run home. Um, will they close the door without him? It's believable tension. Don't worry, Pete. It's all going to end up okay. Enoch comes running. He's so fast. You can do it, please. But no, he misses it. Pete, he is robot glum. And so are we heartbroken. Yeah, it's a really tough way to leave us here as the ship disappears and he looks around taking us into that tag scene we're in a bar the bar enoch is making drinks for koenig he's made a barraculada uh which can the word barraculada be said better by anyone other than joel stoffer i propose no. not no. uh it's a damn fine concoction enoch knows his onions Koenig has conditions if Enoch is going to stay around. He wants to know more about S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe he could help there. Koenig agrees this establishment will help too. Circling back to last week where this was a S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, hideout spot. Koenig wants to know more about robots. And echoing Casablanca, this looks like the start of a marvelous friendship. The Dossier a detailed look at our bad guys. We begin with Chronicop Dole. It will be interesting to see if uh, Chronicop Dole or any of the other Chronicop actors make it to future time windows. Uh, certainly they could go and scan new faces, but do they do kind of the carry through with the actor just to make it clear like, hey, that's the bad guy from last week. Um but I think Dole in particular stands out, not just because he's gotten the most screen time, but there's just that there's that intangible je ne sais quoi that the actor has where, I don't know, there's that there's that menace beneath the surface. Chronic Hop Abel continues to prove Abel. Finding the uh, the train schedules there, downloading them. He's the obvious beta to Dole's alpha. Absolutely, and certainly that kind of expositional uh, figurehead as well in terms of, you know, Dole can give the orders to him and Abel can give the info back to Dole and whatnot. Uh, I was surprised that we... I was surprised that we didn't get more of Viola this episode. I guess, ultimately, she was just a a story tool by which the cops are... Uh, the cops are alerted to her presence and there's extra tension there by which... Uh, Viola's presence by which we can get um, Simmons and and Yo-Yo into the main thrust of the story back with the rest of the group and things like that. Um, I'm not complaining that we didn't get more Viola, but I feel like I feel like she leaves us not a completely rounded 
experience. Interesting, too, that Simmons saves her and then they find out that she is connected to Hydra. I'd seen some theories elsewhere that maybe they were going to get into other threats, but alas, at least not yet. And then we have Freddy, Matt, leaving with the shadowy, unseen driver of the car. Yes, and certainly knowing that there's time travel next week, this actually, I don't remember what the, oh, I know what it was. I couldn't find my Fire Stick remote, so I couldn't get ABC stopped in time. So for like the first time ever in S.H.I.E.L.D., I watched the entire preview. Oh, my Um, God. And, you know, no surprise no surprise at who shows up next week. Let's put it like that. That's news from last summer. Matt, uh, how have you not disappeared uh, back to the future style here? You watched a preview for next week's episode. Listen, what is it? Splashes, not waves. Uh, it's not waves. They're a big guy. Yeah. Um, but the fact that the fact that this is probably it for Freddie, I mean, maybe adult, freddy we get in future episodes not not that this freddy is an adult maybe old man freddy or middle-aged freddy almost certainly another actor um that would be my guess but i mean freddy what's interesting about him is i think we can take him at his word that he thinks he is doing good which again you know it gives us an opportunity to circle back to you know was daisy right to have the shot be ordered. I mean, certainly within the structure of S.H.I.E.L.D., no, she was not right. But morally, was she right? I mean, we know Freddy's going to turn bad. We know Freddy can be a lot worse than we see in these two episodes. But can we condemn him for an act he has not done? Helping us to fight the bad guys this month, Matt, we have come up with a special way to do that. Yes, we are taking uh, this month's uh, this month's uh, bunch of donations sent to patreon.com slash fantastic geek. And uh, Clark Gregg had tweeted about uh, six places where uh, funds can be donated. So we're going to be taking this week's, uh, pardon me, this month's uh, Patreon uh, Patreon amount and splitting it amongst the George Floyd Memorial Fund, Minnesota Freedom Fund, Black Visions Collective, Reclaim the Block, Campaign Zero and Unicorn Riot, uh, and certainly proud to proud to put our money where our mouths is in terms of not just uh, feeling sympathy, but also you know doing what we can uh, in 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 spirit, in dollar amount, uh, and in action. So thank you everybody for contributing, and uh, you help us do this in Fantastic Geeks' name to these wonderful charities. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, it feels like they're making a really big deal, especially in front of Freddie and Koenig about these non-cordless telephones. Um, yeah. And th- there's so many things at play this season that there haven't been in the past. They know their finite endpoint at the end of the season. Um, they've had the time now to fully reconcile Infinity War and time branches, time stream, alternate realities, multiverse, etc. Uh, even if the the lock between Marvel TV and Marvel Studios remains double locked as they're making this, um, certainly, for example, things like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that as a title, that as a concept, had been put out there. So there's a degree of synergy that this show can anticipate if not fully feel. So for example, if they know, all right, regardless of the whole uh, end game writers versus Russo brothers, is it the main timelines or the branch timeline, all that stuff, that aside, if, if shield says, you know what, we can have them go to the fifties and now everybody has, uh, wireless rotary phones because this is we're going to commit to branch timeline uh, then all in the end of it there's going to be lights and we're going to say oh we're back in our original timeline with Captain America look here he is they can do that they're kind of there's the ability to play with the Marvel universe and to play in it and around it and know where you're going to end up and kind of know what the rules are and have a sense of what the rules are for the movies moving forward 
is seemingly emotionless May a robot now too? Um, robot, no. I did see somebody on Twitter, and I hate to I hate to get theories. Is why I I, I hate to get theories and not credit the other the other person. Uh, so apologies if that's you, dear listener. Uh, somebody had wondered, hey, maybe there's some sort of um, uh, Izel leftover, some kind of you know strike effect, spirit of Izel, something like that. Um, I feel like this is not May as normal. This is not May who is groggy but herself. This is some sort of May 2.0, um, and I think her her by and large her absence in the first episode. And some of these questions being asked in this, the first episode, kind of truly with her, uh, it gives you a sense that this is something that they're looking to explore in coming episodes, that it's a multi-episode arc. Yo-Yo without her powers is an interesting aspect, but I don't think it works if she never gets them back. Yeah, I certainly would agree. And I just think... I. Yo-Yo, on a certain level, Yo-Yo is the most powerful, powered person on S.H.I.E.L.D., or the most powerful person, period. You know, Simmons can take a bullet out, which is which is a handy, uh, a handy bit of power, a handy bit of knowledge to have when you need it, but she's just as, as frail as the rest of us. She's just as, as mortal, etc. Yo-Yo can solve most problems most of the time, 100%, and I think that I really, really, to my core, think that they were like, all right, we have all these 15, 20 story points that we want to hit in the first one or two or three or whatever it is until she gets her powers back. We have all these story points we want to hit. And with each one, Yo-Yo could stop it. All right, but Yo-Yo's powers are gone. Apply the kryptonite. Now we can tell the story that we want to tell. Enoch, gone for good? I was so disappointed at his series exit. Uh, on on Wednesday, and then same thing. I saw somebody on Twitter. Sorry, I didn't write it down. It was late. Somebody was like, uh, "Yeah, don't forget he's ageless, so he could just show up in the fifties, which I think is where we're headed. He could just show up and be like, oh, I have not seen you in blah 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 blah, blah days, and pick up right where things left off.' And that is my hope, Pete. My hope is that I get spoiled during the credits next Wednesday." guest starring Joel Stoffer, and I can give a sigh of relief. Just want to caution people. Somebody had written on uh, one of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Facebook groups, oh, I just checked the Internet Movie Database, IMDB, and he appears in five more episodes this season. And I was just trying to caution some restraint there that that's not always the most accurate measure. Uh, and then got told by that same person, oh, I know, I have an IMDb page. I know it's accurate. Thank you for proving my point. <laughs> um, yes, it definitely. I mean, IMDb is true after the fact. I don't know what yes. the mechanism is for professionals to be feeding information in. I know if I look up now to try and see who the editor was on the wizard of Oz, I can IMDb is going to give me the correct answer 100% of the time or the Godfather or, you know, uh, the Chris Pratt, uh, space movie from four years ago that I never finished watching, but it was like the shining in space. Um, there you go. Um, but that kind of forward looking stuff, sometimes it's just wrong. I mean, many a times, uh, we would look up stuff same day. Like the episode got done. Uh, I f God friend of me comes to mind, but I feel like it's happened for multiple shows and be yeah. like, Hey, who played the, uh, the guitar player? I, I recognize that face. Let me look up this week's God friended me. And Nope. It shows no guest stars. And you say, well, wait, there, there were three. And one of them was, you know, so-and-so a day or two later, it's accurate. So I'm so with you, Pete. The, the point here, not always the best resource ahead of things. I would sign on the dotted line right now for five more appearances of Joel Stoffer in these episodes. I mean, I'd really sign if uh, Ian DeCasticker could could show up. I mean, Matt, we're, we're nearly a sixth of the way through the season. When's uh -huh. that going to happen? I know we have some uh, some listener thoughts on that shortly, uh, and certainly, uh, once again, it's a season where we don't have fits for the entire thing, and he's going to show up in a, in a little bit. Um, 
here's a question for you, Pete. Obviously, we have time travel. Obviously, obviously the, sh- the, the character's goal is to make their way home. And obviously, it seems we are headed in that direction, going from the 30s to presumably the late 40s or the early 50s next week. Are we, though, possibly setting up a solution that doesn't need to involve the snap, that doesn't need to involve, but nobody ever told Captain America that Coulson was back, that gets to solve all of that present-day stuff by, mightn't we have the agents end the show living safely out of time, living in a timeline other than their own? Or a time period? That I have a hard time seeing. I know I talked last week, you know, Coulson's line about reevaluating things mac as well i feel like they're setting the stage for them to to walk away could that happen in some kind of non-timeline timeline (laughs) and anything's possible i'm really just hopeful that they planned this season with the full knowledge of of what was coming as much as they could i mean they didn't know how the uh, end game was resolved, but they knew the effects of the snap. So hopefully it carves out a niche in between those two big events. Well, where they're at in filming these episodes right now, which is say, you know, filming 702. Yes, they did not know, but filming went until, was it late July, early August? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a whole chunk, and I think this season started in in January. Um, yes. So, I mean, point being, if they shot for, let's say, eight months to do these 13 episodes, and Endgame came out at the beginning of the fifth month, that means they have weeks, they have months, five, six, seven, that means they have four months, give or take, I don't remember when in, in August they stopped filming. They have three to four months of their eight months of filming to be in a post endgame experience in my mind, that's plenty of time where when your writer's room over winter break, getting ready for season seven. All right, let's just put some blank sticky notes in the last third of the season until Endgame comes. Then as soon as Endgame comes and goes, you say, all right, well, we're going to choose X, not Y. We're going to rewrite seven twelve in the B story. And then seven thirteen, we're going to zig instead of zag. I feel like there's tons of potential if they do end up back in the main timeline and everything is back to normal, et cetera, et cetera, that it can be fully integrated into uh, what will have been, ironically, the most recent Marvel movie. There's definitely cause for hope. Just have to see how they execute it here. Enoch staying back with Koenig. Uh, we, we have the beginning of the Koenig story all the other Koenigs to come yes as uh as mary kirk had said and as we will talk about in a little bit you know the Koenig origin story i don't mind that enoch stayed around i mean enoch you know this master of time and space he's gonna know what to share and what not to share um i'm still taking it back a little bit that Koenig got so much fed to him you know shield world war ii battle plan like there was so much given to him that let me put this way pete if we're not setting up some sort of alternate 1950s if we're not doing a back to the future 2 thing if we're not going to end up with that crazy guy in charge of uh in charge of biff's casino uh you know things like that then i guess why give him so much info or why give him if in the scene you needed koenig to hear about world war ii and red skull you know, instead of him saying, wow, I acknowledge what I'm hearing. This sounds so crazy. It could have been like, I don't understand what you're saying. Because if you don't understand it, then you're not going to apply it. Um, maybe I'm being too strict with my time travel rules, Pete. I don't know. A couple things as it applies to Malik and the Hydra. We had theorized last week that Malik's father lost the money in the, uh, the stock market crash and jumped off a building. Matt got that one correct. I had theorized that the green liquid's gotta be the super serum soldier got that one correct yeah i guess uh i guess we're we're doing pretty well in terms of predictions here um perhaps if nothing else the 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 product of knowing the show knowing the 
uh i mean you know again we're coming off of marvel movies having done time travel we're coming off of a pretty solid knowledge of the marvel timeline for the 20th century um i guess i'm glad that we're i'm glad that we're hitting the dartboard here transmissions. let's check the wire matt pete we start with our twitter poll uh people's thoughts about the episode did they give it a one Hydra Flask, 15.6% did. Two seconds too late, 12.5%. Three homemade Bunsen burners, 12.5%. And then four seconds till jump, that got 59.4%. So people perhaps a little less enthusiastic about this episode. I think that this was your standard kind of, uh, you know, season premiere versus the next episode after that. And uh, I had no problems with it. We also heard from Andre Yeager. That's at Dr. Polo 1984. Pete, Andre frequently the first one to reply to these polls, by the way. I mean, quick quick to the draw here. Uh, Enoch hanging back in 1931 is perfect. He doesn't age, so he can just wait around until they show back up. Pete, maybe Andre is the one that I got that from, so maybe I have properly credited him. Uh, love the writing so far this season. Uh, we also heard from our pal, a.k.a. Frank Black. That's at DJ underscore Black, B-L-A-K, 357. Uh, loving the season so far. Please don't let it end. I knew that was cap juice. Uh, last, unfortunately, didn't have time to write in because, you know, America. Also, Gemma is either an LMD or at least uh, 20 years or had at least 20 years Um and the May versus Enoch fight, awesome. Koenig was on fire. One last thing I think May had Izel or a piece of Izel in her, like Sarge, the piece of Coulson in him. Thoughts. Uh, Pete, unintentionally, I have found both people who inspired both of those ideas in me. So thank you, Andre. Thank you, uh, DJ Black there. And um, certainly glad to hear from glad to hear from uh, Mr. DJ there. Uh, and uh, your thoughts, Pete. Gemma, the LMD, versus Gemma being older, which I think is something we had speculated about last week. I don't know that she's an LMD. I don't really pick up anything they've done there for the from a, a hint situation. But uh, would it shock me? I don't think so. Uh, as promised, uh, Mary Kirk at Geek Kirk said, Koenig origin story. And uh, JT Atkins uh, tweeted... Uh, and then also had phoned in. We're going to hear from that shortly. Uh, where are they hiding the hybrid? Jump. Hashtag BSG. Hashtag Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Got to get that Battlestar Galactica in there. Absolutely. Uh, with that, Pete, let's turn to hearing the phone message that J.T. Atkins left us. Okay, first of all, do you guys happen to know if Ian is missing from the show because Ian had another commitment at the beginning of the season? I'm just curious. But then I think Fitz is missing from the show because I think Fitz is missing from the show because Fitz and Simmons are both in suspended animation somewhere. And the Simmons that is helping everyone is actually an L&D Simmons who's helping us get past whatever we have to get past. How about that? Certainly so great to hear from JT uh, over the phone there. Uh, reminder. Uh, 732-707-1815. You can leave a message there, just like JT did. Uh, regarding Ian's absence, my understanding with the with the announcement of season six and seven, that that basically was, you know, the, the uh, announcement to the actors, hey, clear your schedule as we do all this. Now, that said, could they have done him a favor? Could they have whatever, whatever, because a previous project was on the books or something came up? maybe I was certainly not aware of such a thing. I think it, I think it's just narrative convenience that he's not there, uh, even though it's breaking our hearts. And can we use what we talked about with IMDB a little bit here to be instructive? Well, Ian is listed for the first time for episode 705. If we go four episodes without him, I think people are going to be super upset. Uh, he was apparently credited in last week's episode. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't imagine that wouldn't be the case. Um, and again, showing possible inaccuracy to IMDb, 
no credits listed for 2019 when this season was shot. Um, he's got a TV miniseries that's filming now or was to be filming now, uh, as well as a short that's in pre-production. So could there be something that is perhaps not announced yet or he was working on at the time? Absolutely. Again, shows the frequent inaccuracy of IMDb until well after the fact. And certainly if, if IMDb is crediting him for later, I mean, he's a series regular. He gets credit for he's credited in every episode as a series regular which, you know, IMDb usually is doing credits on appearances. But regardless, Pete, let's move on to the uh, email inbox here. Uh, and here's an email from Ryan. Hi, guys. I'm a new listener, and I'm eager to join in for this final season of AOS. I was unhappy with my previous choice for a podcaster and greatly appreciate your delivery of a summary and discussion for the show. So far, Winky. Thanks for the good podcasting. Regarding a question comment from your New Deal podcast, asking about the name of the band during FDR's gala, I'd like to offer a hypothesis. The band is named the Zuckerman Brothers. I can only hypothesize the band's reference to the rest of the show slash Marvel Universe, but my best guess at a peripheral glance is that it's a nod to the AOS writing team Nora and Lilia Zuckerman, who are sisters and who have written... For episodes Lockup, Boom, A Life Spent, Option 2, Code Yellow, The Sign, and Alien Commies from the Future. Perhaps by becoming the Zuckerman brothers, though they are sisters, we're seeing another interpretation of patriarchal 1930s era sentiments. After having Kitson and Kitson City, named after series writer George Kitson and EP Marissa Tancherowen playing Sequoia in Code Yellow last season, perhaps in this final season we'll see more nods to the writers, producers, etc. as a sort of curtain call. If there are more fun Easter eggs hidden in the show, it will make our rewatches all the more fun. Looking forward to Know Your Onions and, of course, your corresponding podcast to follow. Exciting times. Pete, that from Ryan Rogers in Ontario, Canada. Thank you, Ryan, from uh, Canada there. Certainly uh, like the idea about the Zuckerman brothers being an allusion to uh, that sister writing pair there. As you mentioned uh, before, I was going to even get to it. We've got the Kitson nod. Who knows what kind of other nods we'll get throughout this season. All right, now we have back-to-back emails from 084, uh, this first one for 701. I'm going to try to be as brief as I've ever been. Uh, here, let's go. Love the premiere. It was fun, and it did a great job of both catching us up and moving us forward. My favorite theory so far comes from another podcast. They believe that the Simmons we see is another LMD, and Fitzsimmons were able to grow old together, developing time travel, and designing everything the team would need for this season. It fits with Simmons's odd behavior thus far, her knowledge of Coulson's overflow of information, and the phrase, too long. Something else to look out for is yet another version of Enoch, because he had been on Earth for a few thousand years before we were first introduced to him. The Malik tie-in is interesting. For those who don't have endless useless knowledge of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. knowledge, the Malik family was part of the hyper-religious faction of Hydra, bent on sending sacrifices to Maveth to try to bring Hive back. Freddy's father was said to, quote, take the easy way out, so I'm wondering if he killed himself in lieu of being the traveler and being sent through the monolith. A good thought there. I'm thinking that the vial that the woman from Hydra gives Freddy is one of the first drafts of the super soldier serum and is this first step towards Hydra's transition to Red Skull's leadership and focusing on more, uh, more on using otherworldly science for world domination. We also know that Freddy would later on use a trick rock to avoid ever being sacrificed which we learned from daniel whitehall so we could definitely see another guest appearance from him this season all in all i'm very excited for what's to come bring on more shield history loving it until next time true believers excelsior so pete uh 084 had some good predictions there this email sent before uh 702 aired so uh, he was on the money really like the idea of uh freddie uh of his father rather than the the uh, fate of being potentially sent as a sacrifice to sacrifice himself to suicide. Uh, on to 084's email for 702. 
That's 084 to 702. Another great episode. Loved all of the internal and teammate conflict. Classic uh, change time versus allow terrible events to happen tropes and character study. And I'm still curious if they're going with loops or not. The Stinger definitely suggests that the Koenigs were only interested in robotics because their grandpa met our team in Enoch. Or maybe this would have just made them even more into robotics in a separate timeline. Regardless, there are a lot of ripples being made. Enoch could just sit and wait to meet back up with the team whenever they travel to next. But being the bartender at a future Shield speakeasy sounds like he has the opportunity to change a whole lot. And I'm wondering if Malik would still have shot Koenig if Deke hadn't just insisted he was a killer. It was surprisingly fascinating to delve into a character only briefly referenced in one past episode. I'm curious what they're doing with May. Surely Izel isn't inside of her, right? I can't imagine they want to keep that storyline going, but it's the only thing that makes any sense right now. Hopefully it's something better than that. Very excited to see uh, when they're headed to next. I don't watch the next time on, so I'll be in the dark until next week. Hope you guys are safe and healthy wherever you're at. Until next time, true believers, Excelsior again. I hope 084 covered his ears when Matt mentioned it before. I I apologize, 084, and everybody else who's part of the hashtag spoiler-free army. Um, I think think a return to the post-Agent Carter era, whether it's late 40s or early 50s, that's been out there, that it's coming next week um was maybe not as obvious but uh it's all good it's all good uh and certainly pete just so great to have heard from so many people uh, talking about the little show that could it's amazing how uh popular this show is in terms of the response on social media and listening to everybody here Uh, commenting, writing in, phoning in. So thanks again for being part of that conversation. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter to talk about all this stuff? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 11,322 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word. Like it today. Well, we will certainly be back next Saturday to talk more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as we make our way through the final mission, the final season. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. If you'll excuse me. I must go fix my face. Bye.